Do you like your husband? Does he know that you like him? Friendship with your husband doesn't always come naturally. Different interests and painful memories often create distance rather than bringing a married couple together. Bob Gresh joins his wife, Dana, for a transparent, hope-filled testimony. Together, they share how God can bring sweet friendship back even when two hearts are tested by different interests and painful seasons. This message was delivered at True Woman. If there was one thing I could tell my young, single adult daughters about marriage, it would be this. Loving your husband is going to be the easiest thing you'll ever do. And loving your husband is going to be the hardest thing you will ever do. Amen? Amen. Learn to love well. A double amen I heard over there. Yes, learn to love well. Single women, young women, whether God has marriage in your future or not, learn now to love well. Intentionally enter into the training of your heart for relationship. Now, um, to do that, we have to understand God's love and his language for love, which is a little difficult in our modern languages because our modern languages don't have the complexities of the Greek and Hebrew language. For instance, I love my husband. I also love a good hot fudge sundae. <laughs> but not in the same way. And thankfully, the Hebrew and Greek language of the Bible is very specific and descriptive about the types of love we need to learn to be in relationship, especially when it comes to marriage. And today we're going to look at just one type of love we need to grow in for our marriage. Um, it's obviously found in Titus 2. Today we're going to talk about friendship love. Now, um, single sisters, this is the kind of love you actually can practice right now in your friendships. So look at what I'm about to teach through the lens of your existing relationships. Titus 2 tells us that we are supposed to be training the younger women to love their husbands. And what kind of love is described in the book of Titus in chapter 2? Friendship love. Now, how do I know it's friendship love? Because I read the book. <laughs> how does Nancy know it was friendship love? Because she studied the Greek language. And in the pages of Adorned, she writes this about the word that Paul uses in Titus 2. His language conveys the idea of being a friend to our husbands, being fond of them, acting affectionately toward them, treating them with our utmost devotion, enjoying them, finding pleasure in their company, liking them. Ladies, do you like your husbands? Does your husband know that you like him? That's what we want to talk about today, and I want to encourage you to grow with me in our friendship love for our husbands in two very specific ways. The very first way is this. I want you to grow in friendship with your husband practically. We need to show friendship love to our husband practically. Now, girls, we've got to work on this from their perspective, not our perspective. Um, Playing with someone when it's how you like to play 
That's not really fair. Think back to elementary school. Were you ever the girl who took her ball and went home because you didn't like the way your girlfriend wanted to play? Don't be that girl in marriage. Let's grow up together and let's learn to play in the way that they want to play. This, this has been no small thing, no small lesson in my life as of late. Um, and so I want to share with you how God has been stretching me and growing me to see how my husband likes to experience friendship. This summer, uh, Bob and I were on our way to Michigan, where we would be visiting with Nancy and Robert. And on the way, we had a discussion. We were both communicating about some of the unmet needs in our relationship. And my husband said something like this. He, he was concerned that we didn't have any common interests. Now, before you're offended at what my husband said, girls, that is a guy who wants to be friends with his wife. And we were, I, I sat there and I thought, what do you mean common interests? We have three beautiful children, a phenomenal daughter-in-law. We have not one pet, but 32 pets. Have I mentioned I live on a hobby farm and I love my turkey very much? We have um, several thriving ministries that God has helped us to build together. And we have Jesus. I mean, isn't that the common interest of all common interests? Incidentally, single sisters. This is the common interest that matters the most. Because if Jesus is your foundational common interest, not only will you survive the hard times, but you will thrive in the good times. Make him your first common interest. But as I sat there in the car trying to think about what was my husband really trying to say to me, I remembered that he had used a word that I kind of tried to ignore during this discussion. The word was football. But I'm a godly woman. And so I said to myself, well, Lord, if you speak to me, and if you tell me that I need to start to watch football and enjoy football with my husband, I will be obedient. I was pretty sure God was going to have nothing to say on the matter. Then we got to Robert and Nancy's house. And there was a, Chaco there was a Chicago Cubs game happening at the time. I don't understand that really. I don't understand why some of you just cheered. See, I'm, I'm not that girl. I don't do the sportsing thing very often. But Nancy went, kept talking about her Robert's beloved Chicago Cubs. And here's the thing, she seemed legitimately interested. What had happened to my Nancy? As far as I know, she didn't watch baseball before, Robert. I felt it was probably the Lord nudging me, but I have to say I wasn't very obedient until I picked up the pages of Adorned to study for this speech. And there in the pages of the book, she encouraged, I'm pretty sure this sentence was written just for me, drop your to-do list and your honey-do list long enough to snuggle up and watch some football. The Lord speaks. <laughs> I'm currently reading Football for Dummies. <laughs> Incidentally, on the first page, it says that football is a game that two teams play, and at the end of uh, at the end the one with at the end of 60 minutes, the ones with the most points wins. 60 minutes. 60 minutes. It had the nerve to tell me. 
See, I'm not that dumb, girls. But I have decided that from now on, I want all my massages to be scheduled in football minutes. I'm gonna use this. Now, that's my current assignment from the Lord. I'm learning to love football, and I actually watched a game just a week ago and enjoyed it. Now, <laughs> those are football fans cheering. <laughs> now, here's the thing, girls. Um, that's my current assignment from the Lord in practical friendship love with my husband. What's yours? What's yours? Learn to play with your husband. Uh, now, I'm sure some of you are sitting there and saying, she really thinks that learning to play football or watch football with her husband, I'll probably never play. Um, she thinks that's a hard thing. She doesn't know what it's like to have to love a husband through a hard thing. And my husband and I actually crafted this message together and though that's my current assignment from the Lord in loving my husband, it's not been the only one. And so I want to ask my husband, Bob, to come up here as he's helped me with this assignment. I'd like you to hear from his heart. <clears throat> uh, I want you to know that in that discussion when the word football came up, ice dancing also came up <laughs> as my love for my wife. So Olympic ice dancing. But here's the thing, uh, I've been thinking about how Dana loves me well, uh, partly because I got repeated text about her speaking on this topic and she wanted to know if she loved me well. And so I finally responded to one and, and <laughs> sat down and thought about it. Um, what I wrote in my text was, it's not when you cook for me, write me notes, or even when you watch football with me, as cool as that is. Uh, because people who don't love me will do those things. It's not when you say nice things about me, because people who hardly know me sometimes can say nice things, right? And it's not even when you pray for me, because people who detest me can pray for me. Dana loves me well when she does whatever it takes to push me towards the often lonely frontier of God's plan for my life. Dana loves me well when she does whatever it takes uh, to point out my sin and let me take ownership of it. In our marriage, loving well means willing to take the scalpel and open a wound when the disease of sin and selfishness and pride lurks beneath. And loving well also means waiting patiently for the right time to start that cut. All that to say this, so often leaders leave the platforms letting you think the very best about them, allowing you to fill in the unknown parts of their lives like spaces on the path in Candyland. And I can tell you that we don't live on Gumdrop Mountain. We tend to live somewhere between the candy cane forest and the molasses swamp. <laughs> we are both passionate, type A, intense personalities we're also leaders who've been called to direct ministries who aren't always called in the same direction. So it stretches us to the core. Just this morning, I couldn't find my socks in the hotel room. 
I looked for them and I thought, how can I lose my socks in this hotel room? And there was a tiny moment when I thought to myself, my wife took those socks. <laughs> and she put those socks somewhere in this hotel room. She's gonna help me look for them. And I'm gonna find them later, which never happens. She doesn't usually take my socks. And I never found those socks. And that is why I'm wearing my wife's socks today. See, I have no doubt that I would die for Dana, that I would die for Dana. But sometimes it is so hard to live with her. And then there's this. I put Dana through hell. And I use that phrase because I know no other word to describe the depth of pain that I brought into our marriage. My struggles with lust, pornography, depression, anxiety, and all the relational disasters produced by it have brought her to places where she had no good choices. And it is the great sadness in my life. It is the great sadness of my life. You know, there was a time that I had to tell both of my boards and I, that I'd fallen below the standards required of a leader. And we had to do that on our own. I called my publishers and took the name off two books I had written that were ready to come out. And I remember the morning I called Nancy and told her that I understood if it, I had compromised Dana's relationship with Revive Our Hearts. And I will never forget how nervous I was to call Nancy. I didn't know how she would respond. But Nancy, I, uh, I'll never forget uh, how much healing you brought to my life. <sighs> Dana stood by and endured the pain. She embraced the pain and she loved well. And working through all that together, God has brought a peace to our marriage through a lot of hard work on both our parts. And our marriage um, has peace now that passes all understanding. But that requires constant reminders of us to love each other well, to be one. Dana loves me well by bringing me closer to holy. And all of that again to say this, if Dana can love well with such a flawed husband, you can too. And I'll let you tell her how. Let her tell you how. I love that man. I don't just agape love that man. I love that man. And it's because I had girlfriends walk with me through the hard things. And those girlfriends taught me what I want to share with you next. We need to express friendship, to our, love to our husbands perspectively. Perspectively, it's a real word, 
refers to a particular attitude toward or way of regarding something, a point of view. There are times in marriage, girlfriends, where you just will not be able to see straight. The darkness will come in so thick that you cannot see through it, let alone get out of bed in it. It will hold you down. And it is then that we run to our girlfriends. When my husband sat down with me and shared with me that we had, that he had hit a hard place and that he didn't know his way back to God except to break my heart. Bringing all of his sin out into the light for me to see. I called my girlfriends. I called them fast. I did not hesitate. I had been trained in the school of grace, and so I knew I needed a big dose of it and fast. Ladies, I don't know what you're walking through with your husbands. I don't know if he's sick and unwell. I don't know if he's driven you into financial debt. I don't know if he once knew the Lord and loved him and now is far from him. I don't know if you've come to know the Lord since you were married and you feel so desperately spiritually single. I just know this, that when you hit the hard times, that is no time for a woman of faith to back off that is when a woman of faith finds herself in a place of standing in faith because faith is believing what we can't see. So how do you get perspective? You run to your sisters. I called three girlfriends the very first day that I knew I was going to have a long time to walk through some hard things. One of them was my friend Donna Van Leer, and she turned me quickly to the Word of God. When I said, I just can't see straight, I don't know what to do, she said, Dana, God's Word says that it is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Get in the Word, and I want to tell you something before you get there. It says it's a lamp. It's not a stadium light. It's going to show you where to plant your foot for the next step. Don't expect more right now. Oh, I wanted at least a spotlight. I wanted to know at least how today would look, but I got in the world word because I had a Christian sister. Can I be your Christian sister for a moment? Because I bet some of you are in hard places with relationships. Maybe it's not a husband, maybe it's a child or a best friend or a mother. But I want to talk to you about friendship, love, and what we do when we hit the hard times. Proverbs 27.6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Now, some wounds aren't the faithful kind. But the kind that can be found faithful are the kinds that are fueled by truth. But this I know, friends do wound, and sometimes kisses do lie. I had to choose at times. Was I going to be the friend to my husband who kept kissing because I did not want to rock the boat because I feared just how deep the water would be if we turned this thing over? When it comes to marriage, too, there's the matter of submission, and you wonder, can I speak the hard truth in love and still be a wife of respect and submission? And I want to tell you that you can be. You know how? Perspective from your Christian sisters. I want to say this. How do I say that with respect? I want to say this. Should I say that? You need your Christian sisters right now. Here's what I've learned to be true. 
godly men are anxious to have their faults pointed out. Oh, they like it in real time as much as you and I do. But godly men are anxious to have their faults pointed out. They need a wife of character who is willing to say the hard things when we're sinful. We need a real friend to watch our soul and correct us when necessary. So sisters, which are you? Are you a friend who brings faithful wounds? Or will you be a friend who offers kisses of untruth? And second, I wanna give you this treasure. Some advice for just those who are married. Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a mystery, profound, this is a profound mystery, and I'm saying it refers to Christ in the church. It's a verse I've already quoted to you when I spoke of purity. But it's so important to look at the words hold fast here. There are times in your marriage where you just have to hold fast, sisters. You just have to remember the big picture that marriage is a picture of the gospel. It is a picture of Christ's love for the church. And there is a devil, a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Have you ever seen a lion hunt? They don't go after the herds. They don't go after the herd. They go after the single lone antelope. Run to your sisters. You need your sisters. You need them now. Satan is going to do two things. He's going to tell your heart that there's nothing you can do in this hard place. And you should just settle for this as the way it is. Settle for your marriage. Don't get divorced, but just be roommates. Just live together. This is how it's going to be. There's nothing left. Let me tell you what. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And giving up is a faithless act. Don't give up on your marriage. God, want, this is a prayer you can pray and know that he is in agreement with you. He's also going to use the world to tell you something. The world is going to tell you that you are a fool to stay with your husband when he's wounded you in the way that he has. But sisters, I say, you are never a fool to stay and be a part of the redemption story that God is writing in a man's life. This message was presented at Revive Our Hearts True Woman event. If you enjoyed it and want to dig in deeper, grab a copy of Adorned by Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth for yourself and watch for a soon-to-be-released book on marriage from Bob and Dana Gresh at danagresh.com. This podcast was produced by Pure Freedom Ministries.